It's going to be one of those days. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to Sportsbook Radio. This time I'm live. We'll work through it. It's fine. Uh, from the Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas, brought to you by Station Casinos and the Mighty STN app. Welcome to the controls, Mr. Chris, Chris Moose Johnson. And Chris, you, you look like you're coherent today. I'm more coherent today than I've been the last few days. Uh, yeah. I slept a lot yesterday. Uh, not really had enough time to kind of like, you know, adjust myself. Yesterday, where I kind of got home after having the main pain medication run out during the show. So I got home as fast as I could, and I took my pain meds and uh, knocked out till like 6. Then I woke up again from pain, then I took it again, and then I fell asleep to like 12, 1, and then fell back asleep again. So I haven't really been awake yes all yesterday. Yeah. So it was kind of a me watching the highlights of the All-Star game last night was pretty fun, but besides that, it was kind of I felt like I was... I felt like yesterday I was doing a show with Lou Holtz. You're, you're a little slurring your words a little bit. Oh man, <laughs> it, was, it was hard to get the it's hard to get the jaw working. All right, we got to get going today because we got a packed show, uh, especially to start. Just a quick rundown of the show. Mitchell Clinton, uh, Jets TV reporter and writer for WinnipegJets.com, will be on with us in Vegas Hockey Hotline, which is the second hour. And of course, our old friend Corey Hirsch, NHL analyst, former NHL goaltender. And longtime friend of the show will be on in the second half of the second hour. And uh, Mark Lawrence is going to be with us from PlaybookSports.com in a second. And because last week we ran a replay, we're going to do, and I'm crossing my fingers that this works, but we're going to run uh, Conference USA preview today. And we're also going to make up that Big 12 preview that uh, we would have had last week. But uh, jam-packed show today i just wanted to touch on the all-star game last night again won by the american league three to two split my two wagers on it i, I don't you know it's just small just to have something going on i i thought maybe the over had a chance uh, of course after the the buxton and stanton home runs by the way those two home runs combined went 882 feet and i thought oh here we go okay we're gonna not only now an american league is ahead that's good plus a dollar two and now I'm on my way to the over, but came to a screeching halt, and that's the way it goes. American League got their ninth straight win over the National League and just complete dominance uh, It's it's been for a very long time. Uh, outside of a couple three-game winning streaks by the National League, uh, the American League has absolutely dominated for two or three decades now. Uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob, Rob Manford said yesterday that the Oakland Athletics need to move quickly to reach a binding agreement for a new ballpark and relocation could be considered if the deal isn't struck for a facility in the Bay Area, meaning they will move if the deal isn't struck. Uh, He said yesterday, and and I quote, I was at the Coliseum myself yesterday, Manfred told the Baseball Writers Association of America on Tuesday in L.A. Uh, The condition of the Coliseum is real serious for us it's a serious problem for us i've said this it's not news it's not a major league quality stadium at this point and of course in oakland city council vote on the ballpark is possible later this year and i'm i don't know how of course there's election election in november i don't know how that's going to play a part in this i don't know if they'd rather do it before or do it after Uh, but at some point and i would think we're talking about after the World Series or in that area, you're going to get a yes or no definitively on this ballpark, which uh, depending on how you feel about that here, uh, I just 
I want to put this to rest. This seems it's a it's a process. It seems like it's taken forever. And would I love to have Major League Baseball here? Of course I would. Uh, it just <laughs> goes without saying. I don't know if I want the A's here. Uh, I need to get some sort of a. Uh, I need somebody to say, hey, look, we're not going to operate the way we are used to operating. This is not going to be a, a $30 million a year baseball team anymore. We obviously have to spend money to be competitive, and we're going to do that in Vegas. If I hear that, great. Well, I'm all in. I'm not asking for them to spend $280 million. Uh, It's not... It's just not the way baseball runs. It's not the way the A's are going to run. But we do need a bump up because the last thing you want is to bring your team into a landscape that is used to going after every shiny toy and going after that ring every single year. That's what the A's would be coming into with the Golden Knights and the Raiders, who obviously uh, that's how they operate. You know, whether it's been a successful uh, successful run with the Golden Knights making the Stanley Cup in the first year or missing the postseason last year or the Raiders making the postseason last year. No matter what, at least the fan base can say, I'm putting my money behind a team that I know wants to win. And you cannot say that about every franchise in baseball. Okay, let's uh, get started because we got to roll on this. Uh, let's bring in our first guest, college football and NFL expert from PlaybookSports.com, Mr. Mark Lawrence. And Mark, it's always great to have you on. And before we get to our conference previews, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are another issue in baseball and along with the Oakland Athletics. But I get the feeling that their ability to conjure up a new stadium is, is a little bit easier than what Oakland is going through. Yeah, they play in the most decrepit. Yes. You might be able to argue Oakland, but uh, the most decrepit stadium in Major League Baseball. And uh, it's really, really – I went there once, and I was like, unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I was sitting in. So if they want to keep that franchise there, they're going to have to make that move. Uh, This is the – you know, we're in the 2020s. We're not back in the 1970s. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Tampa some way find a new baseball stadium have you been to the marlins park because i i've watched quite a bit of uh, marlins baseball this year and every time i see them at home i think oh that looks really nice i, I mean it looks like a great stadium and, and of course you know what you see on tv may not be what the in-game um experience is but have you no, gone and, and have you enjoyed yourself there i have and yes i did uh it's you know it, it's really quite comfortable in there uh, with the roof open or closed, uh, you know, it just depends upon the weather, the humidity mostly closed, especially in summer down here. But it's really, really a nice venue. And uh, the only difficult part about it is it's, it's a little bit tough area to get to. It's what they call Little Havana, I see. Where, where Miami of Florida used to play their football games on that same uh, hallowed grounds, if you will. Um, that, that's where they built the stadium. So, uh, But nonetheless, uh, it's really, really a nice stadium. Unfortunately, as you say, you just don't see too many people there uh, in any one given game. All right, let's get to a Big 12 conference, uh, conference of 10, originally 12 universities uh, that participate in Division One football. From year to year, that changes, I guess. Uh, the conference was formed in 94, did not begin conference play until 96. The schools that composed the Big 12 Conference, except for West Virginia, were members of the Big 8 Conference of the or the Southwest Conference. They've won 21 national titles as a conference, not necessarily a football conference, uh, and then, of course, three uh, overall as a conference. So 
in the inception of the Big 12. But, I mean, this has been a really good conference for a long time. And I think when you get to your first team, which is Baylor, they were at their peak when Baylor was a really good football team. I mean, they put that conference on the map along with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State now. But this is a Bears team that has produced just six winning seasons in the last 26 years in conference games, uh, but pulled off a shocking season last year after just two wins in 2020. Yeah, tip of the hat, Dave Aranda did just a terrific job with his program last year. You could see the momentum building with the Baylor football team. We saw it uh, charting them statistically, the way that they were knocking down point spreads, and it was all because of the recruiting that they were doing. And they went out and hired him, and uh, he ended up helping them turn the corner. Uh, Set a lot of school records in doing just that. Uh, The question here this year is whether or not they could sustain what they did last year. Repeating that way, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, They do have some defensive linemen that uh, come back, which is really, really good on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, it goes to that adage, Dana, that uh, suddenly, instead of uh, being the hunter, they are the hunted and which means that they have a lot of revenge games on their schedule this football season. So anybody who plays Baylor from within the Big 12 will have that marked as a special game. For Iowa State last year was certainly difficult for Matt Campbell's team. Uh, an incredible amount of expectation. It was a UNLV opponent. They did manage to come in here and, and smoke the Rebels. But uh, there are few better teams to play as a conference dog than the Cyclones. And that's all because of their head coach. Uh, just does a masterful job. Uh, expected to be down this year, Matt Campbell's team is this football season here. And um, the unfortunate thing for that football program last year is a lot more was expected than they delivered. And it was because their quarterback, Brock Purdy, who was a four-year starting quarterback, which most coaches would give their eye teeth to have, just really soured and went backwards throughout his career in his last third and fourth years. And it just didn't pan out for this football team. And uh, they're going to take a hit as far as returning production goes this football season. So a lot of people may be soured on this football team because of what they saw last year and who's not back because of all the graduation losses they had last year. But it still becomes Matt Campbell's football team. And uh, you remember this, that uh, this football program finished – ranked in the AP poll two times since 1980, both under Matt Campbell. And he's done a great job recruiting-wise, and a lot of those recruits are still on this football team. So the people that are bailing out on Iowa State might be making a mistake this year. And for Kansas, I know that the late, great Brian Blessing would be happy to see that Lance Leopold, uh, the former coach of Buffalo, has uh, leapt up and gotten into a big Big 12. I, I don't know. I, I, I said leapt up from Leopold. I don't even know if that made sense. I, I was trying to be, trying to be funny there. Okay. It. <laughs> um, former coach of Buffalo, obviously, brought stability to this program. Obviously, before him, the five previous coaches and, and uh, prior to Leopold getting there was 20 and 108. And then, of course, you had to go through the Les Miles controversy. But is Kansas finally pointed in the right direction? I believe they are, and I believe this is one of the better season win total teams inside the Big 12 Conference. Two and a half wins for Kansas this football season, and they showed a lot of indications last year of coming out of that shell. They're bringing a ton of people back this year, 17 starters. Their quarterback comes back, uh, Jalen Daniels, who's really, really a very good quarterback. And you've got a exceptional coach in Lance Leopold uh, with his Buffalo credentials. When he came over, he brought his coaching staff and quite a few players. 
he left Buffalo in a little bit of disarray, but it really helped Kansas. And I think this football team uh, easily gets over this two-and-a-half win total here. If people look at this Kansas team as being Kansas of old this season, I think they'll be making a big mistake. And then, of course, for Kansas State, I mean, this has been a program that – Probably when you think of the Wildcats, you think of special teams. Uh, now they get transfer Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, uh, a kid that has a whole bunch of records there for the Huskers. I mean, is is he somebody that's going to come in and be able to be leaned on for the Wildcats? Well, that's a great question because there's uh, two sides to every tale, and there's a lot of anti Adrian Martinez people over out there who feel he's a human turnover machine, but the fact of the matter is he's one of only four active quarterbacks that have passed for uh, eight thousand yards and rushed for a thousand yards. So he, he, you know, he does bring credentials to the table here. Uh, and I'm a big, if you will, Chris Kleiman fan. Uh, he does, he knows nothing but winning, and he's done a great job with this program here. Bill Conley from ESPN thinks this is the real sleeper team inside the Big 12 Conference this year. And they could well be just that, uh, largely because of, I think, the head coach. And if you take a look here, amazingly, uh, if you polled anybody and you go back to 1996 in the Big 12 Conference here, aside from Oklahoma and Texas, Kansas State owns the third most amount of wins inside the conference. So this is a program, I think, that is getting back to where they were before and again, I think they're going to be in a lot of trouble for a lot of teams this season. And of course, Lincoln Riley decided to take his talents to USC. Brent Venables is now the head head coach for the Sooners. I guess for him, the main concern is certainly stability at quarterback. For sure, it will be. I mean, but you know, stability in the standpoint that they had Spencer Rattler. He played his way out of a job. He lost out to Caleb Williams, and Williams now transfers over to Southern Cal. And he leaves with Lincoln Riley. So what does that leave Brent Venables? Well, he's got a transfer coming in from Central Florida in Dylan Gabriel, who is a mighty fine quarterback. This kid can put a ton of yards up, and I think he'll rely a lot on him this football season here. We know how good of a defensive coach Brent Venables is, being the defensive coordinator at Clemson. Uh, And he's going to have to lead an attack that led the red zone country last year in red zone offense in Oklahoma. But a lot of those were the players that are now at Southern Cal. I still think Oklahoma warrants a long, hard look this football season. They've got nine and a half wins posted on them for their season win total, which makes them the team to beat in the Big 12 Conference, and I would not disagree. And for Oklahoma State, a team that still has left a stinging impression on me after the two-point win against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl last year, but it looks like Mike Gundy's team is moving up. They have some coaches they have to replace, and certainly also uh, some players that they have to replace as well. Yeah, but it's year in and year out. It seems to be the same thing with Mike Gundy. He just gets the job done. Uh, you know, twelve-win season, uh, the most in school history. You know, they've averaged more than nine wins a season going back to 2015. A lot of good things have been happening at Oklahoma State since uh, he's been the head coach there, Gundy, and they're going to continue to keep happening here. What I like about him, uh, he's not afraid to express his opinion here, and he was uh, really vocal and verbal in stating that uh, he feels that uh, neither Texas nor Oklahoma should have any say in what goes on inside the Big 12 Conference because they're bailing out, which means, obviously, uh, he's going to put fire in the eyes of those two football teams, and we'll see exactly how that all shakes out this season. But you can still put Oklahoma State down for another 9 or 10 wins this year. And then, of course, for TCU, sidelines are going to look a little bit different because Gary Patterson, after 21 years, will not be there. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, he was a mainstay and a really, really good coach. Uh, had his fourth losing season in those 21 years last year. And uh, did he leave? Was he fired? Did he retire? That's uh, up for debate. Kind of a quasi mutual divorce, if you will. But uh, my goodness, I mean, he had he had all the accolades: 22 National Coach of the Year honors. Uh, there's a lot to have liked with Gary Patterson doing just that. Now in comes Sonny Dykes, who's real popular, and he will be with the fans because he likes to light things up offensively. And he brings in two four-star recruits from him from SMU, much like Lance Leopold did bring some better players from Buffalo with him when he went to Kansas. So, too, does Dykes here with TCU. Six and a half wins for the season win total. They could probably inch over that total if for no other reason Sonny Dykes is there and the fact that they've got 17 starters coming back. And then when you talk about the Longhorns, of course, there's that continuous uh, optimism, I guess, but... You know, they went through a stretch last year where, what, they lose six straight, and I don't think they've done that in 65 years. And, of course, Steve Sarkeesian is going to have his work cut out for him, but expectations are sky high again. Really sky high. In fact, uh, you know, many people think that they're going to be the second-best team inside the conference this year, which puts them, vaults them ahead of Oklahoma State right away out of the gate uh, in that particular assumption. But uh, uh, what happened last year, really uh, everything fell apart for this football program. But put a microscope on what they did last year. Five of their losses were by eight or fewer points last year. So with that losing season last year, they become what we call a mission team. That's a team that uh, had been a regular bowler for at least three successive years and had a losing season. These teams really tend to play with the vengeance. And I think you'll see just that with this football program coming back here. Uh, he's lost some key players here. He loses Casey Thompson, the quarterback. But, uh, you know, he's bringing in here uh, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback transfer from the portal from Ohio State. He was an all-Texas football player, so that will bode well, and he'll hold the fort at least for a year until Arch Manning gets his uh, his snaps at Texas beginning next year. So this is a program that's going to be really under the microscope this year because of all the transactions that have happened here, but you have to assume there will be an improvement from Texas this season. And you can say what you want about Texas Tech, uh, but the fact of the matter is since Mike Le- Leach has left the program, they just haven't been the same. No, they haven't. Uh, and, you know, a new coach comes in, Joey McGuire, probably not uh, on the most uh, well-liked or well-known quarterback list, but he's a real, real good one. He comes from the state of Texas where he was a, a legend and a high school head coach, and uh, he coached a lot of very good high school football players here. Terrific at recruiting, which will really help this football program build its base. Uh, he was a former assistant at Baylor, so he, uh, he's made some terrific hires coming in here as well. So I think this football program's got the chance to be sneaky good this football season here. They've got some linebackers that are very, very good. And if Tyler Show, their quarterback, can step up to that next level here, they can end up going bowling this year. And then finally for the Mountaineers, I mean, that, that offense that we, we think about when we think about Mountaineer f- football just has not been there for a long time. And I would assume – uh, Mark, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Neil Brown is probably on the hot seat this year, and if he doesn't get production from JT Daniels, he, he might be on his way out. Uh, he could well be because he'll be out of excuses. Uh, you know, this will be the best quarterback that arguably he's had since he's been at the program here. You know, Daniels is uh, probably – he's, he's had been in so many schools. He's, they're probably going to name the transfer portal <laughs> after him, the JT Daniels transfer this, portal. What is it? Is it his third school? 
it's third school. Yep. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, some of the reasons due to injury, some due to being uh, outplayed. But if he's healthy, and you know, he wasn't at Georgia, and that's one of the reasons he couldn't beat Stenson Benton out over there. Uh, he could be a big, big boost for this football program because he's a five-star recruit that came out of high school, the likes of which West Virginia hasn't seen in a long, long time. Then you put him together with the new offensive coordinator and quarterback coaching Graham Harrell, uh, who really likes to light up the scoreboard statistically in the air. This could be an exciting football team suddenly that we haven't seen the likes of out of a Neil Brown football program here. Uh, they only averaged 21 points or 24 points a game uh, under Brown since he's been there. So I'm going to look for a big, big spark offensively from West Virginia here. And I think Daniels will be the guy to lead them into a bowl game this year. Man, we absolutely ripped through that, that conference. I appreciate it, Mark. All right, so who wins the Big 12? Uh, where does the the winner of that conference end up, in your opinion, in the national pitcher? I don't think anybody from the Big 12 makes the college football playoff scene this year. Oklahoma's down. I have Oklahoma winning the conference. But uh, you know, if you take two losses, which Oklahoma seems destined to do, uh, it doesn't. It's not a ticket to make it to the college football playoff game, and I don't think you'll see any team in the Big 12 conference with anything uh, less than two wins or two losses here. But I got to put Oklahoma on top in this conference here, and just uh, to be sneaky good here this football season, here you got to look for Kansas State to maybe be the surprise second place team in the conference. So you don't think uh, the loss of Lincoln Riley? I mean, you you think it's going to be pretty much business as usual there at Oklahoma. I mean, that's, you don't think that there's any kind of a drop-off or at least not enough to not win that conference? I believe that. Um, one, because it goes to recruiting. You know, what uh, what he's leaving there are a ton of great players that he's recruited. Uh, you know, and uh, the majority of them are there right now at Oklahoma here again. And remember, they've won four Big 12 championships in the last 23 years, more than they have home losses. Uh, so they've won more Big Ten or Big 12 championships than they have home losses. This team doesn't lose at home with a lot of regularity. If they protect that home turf this football season here, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. Would you say for a new coach, um, whether it's Venables or anybody else, would you say that second year is really when you can start to say, this is what you've done as a head coach here. I mean, with, with Venables coming in and maybe enjoying some of the residue of what Mike Riley did there, I, I don't know if you can you know, fully say, okay, look, this program is a great job what you did this year. But I would think that second and third year is really when it starts to be your program. It does. Uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a given. The fact that you see more improvement from the first year to the second year from head coaches, especially those who have not been head coaches before. Uh, it's not like Venables has a ton of experience. You know, he's, have, he's a really, really great defensive strategist, so he's going to need an offense to step up behind him here. But uh, I think it just happens to work in his favor here. He's got uh, Dylan Gabriel, the guy from Central Florida, to be just that quarterback. So if he can do that, just that, and all the talent that Lincoln Riley brought into his football program, I think Oklahoma could sustain its winning ways. Hey, one question I wanted to ask you, aside from college football, before we take a break and then head on over to Conference USA. Uh, we talked about yesterday about Andrew Burnett 
uh, now basically underneath Lindy Ruff in, in New Jersey, and, and you as a Florida Panthers season ticket holder, I, I thought, hey, look, it, it kind of stinks he didn't get the, the head coaching job there. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Paul Maurice brings some credibility that they're looking for, especially postseason credibility. But that's kind of a nice nice landing spot for Brunette. And, you know, you can't tell me that the Devils are not saying, hey, look, you know what, someday you learn under Ruff, you understand. You get that seasoning, maybe that postseason seasoning that you need from a, a guy who's been in the league forever, sixty-two years old. You know, maybe this is a nice landing spot for him. It could be a real nice landing spot for him. Uh, you know, he's probably didn't have enough uh, to win a, a head coaching job at a good program here. If he would have, it would have been a, a rebuild in that sense. So I think he's going to be probably end up being better off being just that. Uh, you know, under Lindy Ruff, I think he can learn a little bit more. And there are some things that he could have done better with the Florida Panthers. And, you know, truth be known, the Florida Panthers are going to be uh, targeted this whoop, or this big hockey season here. And they lost a lot here in the offseason here because of this, uh, the salary situations with Claude Giroux uh, going up to Ottawa and other people that they weren't able to sign here. So it may be beneficial or may end up being uh, to his uh, work out in his favor here that uh, he is not the head coach of the Panthers but instead with the New Jersey Devils. Okay, Mark, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will quickly dive into Conference USA. We appreciate your time. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney. Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Hi, I'm attorney Adam Cutner. I grew up playing hockey, and I've been a lifelong fan of the NHL. To win in hockey, you have to be aggressive, you have to work hard, and you have to have a great team. And it's no different when I'm representing my clients in their personal injury cases. My team and I work hard to get you the maximum settlement as quickly as possible, because winning is everything. If you've been injured in an accident, ask attorney Adam Kuttner, 702-382-0000. That's 382-0000. Oasis Bar and Grill at 49 55 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. All right, welcome back to Sportsbook Radio. Let's get back into it with Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com. As we continue our conference previews, that's Kristen Moose-Johnson. I'm Dana Lane. Let's head on over to Conference USA. In this conference, the highest-ranked champion from the Group of Five, uh, which is the American Conference USA, Mac Mountain West, and Sun Belt, is guaranteed a berth in one of the non-semifinal bowls of the college football playoff. And they're down to 11 full members after losing Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss to the Sun Belt. So let's get started, Mark. Uh, let's start with Charlotte. And Will, uh, Will Healy's team has always been pretty good bet as a favorite, not so good as a dog. But interesting because you, when you're seeing a program being built, and I always go back to UNLV, who had a pretty good spread record last year. You really want to see the opposite. They ended up 5-6-1 ATS, but you would think they'd be a better dog than a favorite to start out with. Yeah, it's a little bit surprising for a team like this that's as much under the radar as the 49ers are. But, you know, some way, I don't quite understand this, that uh, they were 5-1 and one straight up into the number in close call, one-score games last football season here. So, uh, you know, I, which means it speaks well to the dog aspect side of the things. But overall, they haven't done just that. This offseason here, they didn't do much to really add anything to the roster from the transfer portal here. And if you take a look at the, the seniors from last year, they played a ton of games last year. So this is a football team that lost a lot of talent, didn't replace a lot of talent coming back here. Uh, 
they got a quarterback who does have his six best wide receivers coming back, but this defense is really, really wobbly for this team. They've got four and a half wins for the season win total here, and I would be stunned if they're in a bowl game at the end of the year. And for the Owls of FAU, uh, if you're Willie Taggart, you have to be probably chomping out the bid. August 27th can't get here uh, soon enough, especially against Charlotte. Uh, this was a team that probably had a bad taste in their mouth all off season because they were so close uh, to getting into postseason last year. Yeah, they were uh, like horseshoes, close but no cigar. Uh, and you know they come back here with a really strong class from the transfer portal in the conference. In fact, they had the best transfer portal uh, record inside this conference in the offseason here. He has to get off the schneid. Willie Taggart does. He has a pair of five-win seasons. Uh, he brought a lot of notoriety when he came in here with his name uh, from Florida State in Oregon. It did, hasn't done him much good here. He's going to rely heavily on Nikosi Perry, who's a former starter at Miami of Florida here, to get the job done with four offensive linemen back in their top two wide receivers. I think they'll do just that and move on through to the other side and become a bowl team this year. And for Florida International, Mike McIntyre, uh, you would think he's in a pretty good position there because uh, there was a messy departure with uh, Butch Davis. He left the, left the program and then you know went back and you know blamed it on the regents as to why he couldn't be successful there. So if you're Mike McIntyre, you're like, hey, there really isn't too much I could do this year that wouldn't be better in the eyes of almost everybody uh, other you know in a relation to Butch Davis. Yeah, it's a great observation because Mike McIntyre does walk into a no-lose type situation with this football program here, and he's proved that he can do just that. You go back in his career, he took a two-win San Jose State team to 11 wins in just three years, and then he led a one-win Colorado team to the Pac-12 championship in three years. So he knows how to build a program, a broken program, if you will. Florida International is broke. That was his case with the ugly divorce last year with Butch Davis. So year one is a watching year this football season here three wins for their total is probably right and for louisiana tech i mean you look up and down their schedule and you just kind of cringe a little bit uh, this is not the way i would assume that uh sunny uh Cumby wants to be inaugurated into a head coaching position there no, they're on the road for a lot of football games this football season here, and uh, it's not what you want, like you say, with a brand-new head coach that's coming in here. Uh, he takes over a mission team, again, that mission team being a team that failed last year that has been to a bowl game uh, the previous three football seasons, just three wins last year. But um, like I say, the schedule is daunting. Seven road games, only two home games from mid-September to mid-November here. So they're going to have to get the, uh, the job done one game at a time on the road here. It could be difficult. That's why there's only a four-and-a-half win total on this football team. Let me ask you real quick about that, Mark. I mean, is that – I mean, why would they accept, uh, uh, you know, five home games or whatever, four home games? Why would they accept that? Is this just about going out and, and grabbing some cash? Well, I think it's a combination of that and the fact that uh, they just couldn't fill dates uh, mm. with the uncertainty of, the, of what happened with the pandemic. Uh, it's a combination of two factors here. But uh, the bottom line here is uh, they're going to end up having to suffer for it because of this football season here. And uh, if he does smell anything close to six wins, it would be a great job done by Sonny Cumbie this year. And, of course, for Middle Tennessee State, the 
Uh, Blue Raiders took their lumps last season. Not have been. They've not been a good bet. Um, bet on team over the last few years, but uh, they have plenty. I, I've been looking at your your uh, your write ups. I mean, they have plenty of experience coming back. I don't know how that plays out. Uh, I don't know how experience from way, one year to the next plays out when you don't have success in that first year. But they certainly can't say that they have to replace a bunch of people. But uh, obviously, not not a good team to to have your money behind last year. No, not last year, but uh, I'm a big Rick Stockstill fan as a head coach. He does nothing but find ways to win football games, and he knew what he had to do last year. He played a ton of underclassmen last year, the sixth most in the country, and that leads to success almost always the next football season because they come back experienced. They might be a little bit young. They might make some mistakes and errors, but they've got some experience under their belt. And I think that'll go a long way for this football program uh, that way this year. And they're going to switch up the offense here. they got a coordinator, a new coordinator coming in that, from Mitch Stewart. He's a little bit more of an air raid type of quarterback uh, of a coordinator here. So more offense, and I think Middle Tennessee State gets that sixth win and ends up bowling this year. And for North Texas, uh, the Mean Green gets the conference plays, and uh, basically you have to get to the point where you're picking a winner because they're fantastic as a favor in conference play. It, 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 hardly ever do they – correct me if I'm wrong, and does it, hardly ever do they win but not cover uh, inside the conference. So, I mean, that's a good angle to go into, uh, go in with this season, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, you know, this is a football team I think is going to be very dangerous this year. They've got six and a half wins in their total here, and I think they're a threat to win this conference this football season here as well. They've got a real good head coach in Seth Luttrell. He's only had one losing season in his six years with this program here. And he's walking back eight starters on offense last year. And this defense last year improved over 125 yards a game last football season. Those are a lot of nice ingredients and boxes you can check for this football team. I think they're a real sleeper team, North Texas, this football season. I always kind of wondered, Mark, and we'll talk about UTEP in a second, but you know they've had consistency issues and that's kind of been their their bugaboo and we'll see if they can overcome that this season but I I just wonder when you're talking about North Texas and then you know UTEP those type of schools I mean is it the, the ability to consistently recruit there is that what hinders those those programs from being good from year to year you know, there's a, a an adage that I have had in the past, and Brian and I used to bring talk about this a lot. And what it was was uh, the schools that are the little kids in the block inside the state that don't get, uh, the, and all those players go to the big schools in Auburn. They go or in Alabama, I should say. They go to Auburn and Alabama, and it used to be that Troy would benefit from that because they would get the the guys that those programs didn't accept. Well, North Texas resides obviously in a football rich state. Uh, the problem is they're not the th- only the third team, and only two other programs in that state are football rich. So you know they have a dip more, a little bit more difficult time doing just that, bringing people in from the state of Texas. But they're always they've always been competitive, and I think uh, they slipped off the map a little bit in the past. And I think this I'm a real big Seth Latrell football fan here. If he wins like he's expected to do this year. You can see. I'm going to say you can see Seth Latrell moving up to a power, power five conference next football season. And then talk about a guy that 
Probably should be feeling the hot seat. I am assuming Mike Bloom Bloomgren will be doing that with uh, with Rice. He hasn't produced a winning season yet. His teams haven't been very competitive, uh, especially when they're a big underdog. I mean, these are games when you're a big dog that at least you want to look competitive, uh, which shows the boosters that you're moving forward. Yeah, and he is obviously on the hot seat here this football season here. Uh, you're talking about uh, a coach that's still looking for his first winning season with the program here. Now, they did show some signs, Rice did, of uh, coming out of their losing doldrums, uh, if you will, in the past. And if they can continue that way this football season here, it could bode well for them. They went from two wins to four last football season here. And, uh, you know, only because they bottomed out and went one and four down the stretch did they not become a winning football team last season. Uh, what I don't like is their defense sort of fell apart on them last year. They coughed up over 100 yards more last year than they did the year before. They're going to have to tend to that, but they've got seven starters back on defense here. And with Bloomgren being under this hot seat here this football season here, I look for Rice to be a very, very competitive football team. And then, of course, too, I mean, when you're – you know, when you're looking at, I mean, if you're trying to look at positives for Rice, I mean, they were nine and three last year as a dog of more than 20 points. So I guess you could possibly say, maybe not from a win-loss standpoint, but you can say, okay, at least they're covering those those large numbers. I mean, how much when a team, and I guess UNLV is always in the back of my mind uh, in regards to this, but when a team does cover big numbers or has a good ATS record, um, maybe in not overall, but in specific. Uh, situations. I mean, how much do you take that and bring it over to the following season and say, well, I think they can build on this and, and I have a lot more confidence than their win-loss record suggests that I should? Well, the, the first thing I do is if a team did build last year, I'm going to look at who the victories you came against. And the unfortunate thing for Rice is they out-yarded four opponents last year. And those four opponents were Texas Southern, North Texas in a down year, Charlotte and Louisiana Tech in a down year. So they're going to have to do a better job uh, on both sides of the football this year, starting winning games on the field where it counts. Uh, and, that, and they have the ability to do that. But the reason I'm calling them out is they had 19 starters back last year, and they went backwards statistically. And that's not a, never a good sign. So, uh, again, I think the pressure being all on Bloomer in this football season here, and you, because of these starters he's got back this year, is make or break here for Mike Bloomberg, and I think his football team can be competitive this year. And for UAB, I mean, what a what a terrific story. I mean, do you think the job that Bill Clark has done down there, do you think this is not getting talked about enough? I mean, they've, they've gone from not having a program to, to being a contender. I mean, that is incredible uh, what they've done uh, in Alabama. You know, he has to be nominated somewhere at some point at some time for, for coach of some, the year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you know, whether it's within the conference or, you know, uh, as a power five coach or whatever it happens to be. But as you mentioned, one of the greatest comebacks in college football history when they were laid to rest in 2015 and now they're thriving. Uh, and it's all the head coach. And there's nothing simpler or better to say about that. Uh, you know, they've dominated in the conference. They've won 30 of their last 39 football games uh, doing just that. And he's been outstanding as an underdog, 12 times a dog. He wins eight of those games straight up covering the number 10 times. This is the kind of a football team that you have to put on your watch list each and every week to find out what the situation's all about. And what makes them even more competitive or a little bit more 
a little bit more salutable this year is the fact that sophomores made 156 of the 286 starts for this team last year. Those guys are going to be juniors this year. So they're going to be that much more experienced here. This is a very dangerous football team, and they've got a chance here to win this Conference USA this year as well. And for UTEP, I mean, this is a – and I talked about recruiting a little bit earlier, um, but this is just a program – that really just needs to find some consistency. I mean, they they have good seasons and they they, they wash that down with a with a bad season. And I think if Dana Dimmel can find a way to find some consistency there, I mean, they could really they could really build something in an area that I, again I, I'm just assuming that it's a little bit difficult to recruit. Well, Dana Dimmel turned the corner for this football program last year with seven wins. I mean, they were mired in uh, as a stone loser, you know, for the longest period of time. Uh, nothing but L's laced their win-loss records going backwards. And uh, lo and behold, uh, they win seven games and end up in a bowl game. And uh, they played, uh, if you will, Fresno State really tough in the bowl game. So I think they're feeling pretty confident about themselves. The question here becomes, can they sustain? You know, will they be able to do just that? Uh, they were going to bring 15 starters back from last year's football team and feeling really good about it. And they've got a quarterback in Gavin Hardison who's put up a ton of yards in, in his career. Uh, the Miners led the Conference USA in most big plays, 40 yards or more last football season, 25 of them. If they can replicate or even come close to numbers like that, they could end up being a bold team once again this football season here. But the pressure is squarely on these kids now. Again, maybe in a little bit smaller way, they be, you know they become a, a more of the hunted rather than the hunter for some teams that they knocked off last year. But uh, I think it's a coin flip as to whether or not they'll be a bowler again this year. But don't they have a history of, of washing down good seasons with not so good seasons? Yes, they sure do. That's the unfortunate thing uh, with this football program here, doing just that. Uh, and you know, when you do just something just like that, you're being told about that. Uh, you go back and they're 27 and 44. Uh, the following football seasons, uh, when they regress to the mean off of a winning season here, so they're going to have to overcome that hurdle in a big way this football season here. But uh, I'm going to say Dean Dimmel did a nice job last football season here, and it'll be squarely on him to whether or not they can re- replicate that this football season in 2022. And if I assume if you're. Uh... UTSA Roadrunner fan. I'm assuming you're counting the days down until uh, Jeff Trailer finds a, a job at a big time school because he's been fantastic down there, and of course he's got big time ties to big time schools. Yeah, what a head coach he is. Uh, <laughs> you got to love this guy. I mean, he's done a great job, and uh, you know what? What I really like about him is uh, he's not afraid to speak his opinion. He was, I think, he spoke about the the kids in the. Uh, uh, the NIL program and how much money they're making, and more or less saying, "Hey, step up and prove it." You know, let's you know, quit crying about uh, what you're getting or what you're not getting here. Let's go out and get the job done here. He was a former assistant at some big schools, Texas and SMU and Arkansas, and his high school teams won more than 87 percent of their games in state championships three times here. This is not a fluke. What's going on here at UTSA, and it's all about Jeff Trailer this this football season here. You got eight starters coming back on offense here. A lot of people think they're the team to beat in the conference this year, and I wouldn't have to argue with that because uh, it's a very, very well schooled and well coached team. And then a couple of weeks ago, I, I've been going through these conferences myself, getting ready for the season. And uh, when we get to Western Kentucky, I was watching Bailey Zappi, who obviously was the nation's leading passer. But I can't tell you how many times 
I've seen him beat teams with his legs. I mean, that is that is a a pretty. It's not his first option, uh, but I've I've seen where he broke off runs of 45, 50 yards. I mean, he is a a complete quarterback that is not just a pocket passer. And for the Hilltoppers, obviously, the key to them is to get off to a good start. Yeah, he he did just a terrific job last football season. Uh, you know, you have to give him his credit here. That was a monstrous season that he put up last year, and I think he was going to end up making an NFL roster here again this football season. Here, and he, you know, he's like you say, a little bit under the radar that way, but uh, it wasn't a fluke with what he did last football season here. The question for this team now becomes: Can they advance without Bailey Zappi behind center? on this football team here. I think they can. I think, you know, there's going to be regression here this football season because matching those numbers is going to be something close to next to impossible. But there's still a very well-coached football team here. And there's some other preseason publications I've been reading that like this program real, real well this year. My first inclination was to maybe try and make a fade for them because they've only got four starters back on offense here. And if you look at overall returning production, they're way down that way offensively here as well. But... Uh, this is still Tyson Hilton, and uh, it's going to be his playbook that they ran last year that they're going to run again this football season here. They won't smell nine wins, but I think this football team has enough to be a bold team once again this year. Yeah, Mark, i, I got to be honest with you. I completely spaced it that he was off to the NFL. And then, of course, uh, they have a new offensive coordinator there as well, or his OC moved on to another school. I mean, there is – a lot of some turnover there and if you had a ton of stability at that quarterback position with Zappy last year uh, I don't know how he's going to do at the next level but I was so impressed with not only the pass blocking but uh, just his ability to make something to create offense offense when there wasn't anything and I think that that's going to be a huge uh, issue for them if they're not able to you know, find somebody that comes in and can do the same things. I mean, you almost have to have those dynamic players at schools like Western Kentucky to have, you know, some success, I guess. Yeah, the other issue they have here, Dana, is that they're going to have to go on the road seven times this year. And that's that's a, a, a big, tough road to hoe for college football teams, especially ones that come back a little bit shy with talent and losing the best player they had last year. So uh, I'm going to give them their credit. I'm going to give Dana, Dana Dimmel his credit here. And, you know, while they're not going to smell those nine wins they had last football season here, I'm, just, I'm going to say I think that they can still make a bowl this football season here. Uh, they've got an eight. I'm posted them for a season win total here. I don't know if they'll reach eight, but I think they're enough to be a bowler this year. But do you think that game at UTSA is a is a play on spot for the Hilltoppers? Yeah, uh, if you take a look at uh, the football game, it's going to be a big, big football game for that team here. And last year, they lost at home in a shootout, 52-46 to 46 in that game, but they put up 670 yards of offense in the contest here, won the yards over 100 yards in that game. So this goes to that adage where I outplayed you clearly, walked off the field with a loss here. I'm going to remember that. And I think that's the reason for the motivation for that football team in that game this particular season, especially when they take as a dog on the road at UTSA. Okay, so who do we – we made it through. I was so worried about that. I thought, man, there's no way we're doing two conferences. Uh, what do you think um, as far as a champion of this conference? And obviously it's not going to be someone that likely will be in a national pitcher as far as um, winning a national title, but uh, who do you think is coming out of the Conference USA? Well, I got to say, UTSA, if, if for no other reason, uh, the head coach. I mean, that's the biggest edge that they have. Uh, they have the best head coach in this conference here, and bringing a lot of starters back offensively. I think they do become the team to beat this year, and I think everybody would be surprised 
if that weren't the case. Uh, the other question is, uh, how good is UAB? You know, can Bill Clark get his football team up to that same level? I think they can, and I think you'll see these two teams playing for the conference championship. Um, Mark, tell everybody, and I, I've been thumbing through this playbook uh, because it's fantastic. I love all the opportunities to write statistics down and to kind of keep track of using my own formulas. Uh, tell everybody how they can get a hold of that and, and how sales going. And I, I'm sure, have you had a chance to kind of exhale now that it's out in the, in the public? Yeah, I'm exhaling a little bit here, and uh, I can say this: they're flying out of the uh, out of our offices here. We're getting a really, really strong response to it. Gamblers Book Club in Vegas, which is, does a great job with our publications, has reordered the magazine already, which is a good sign. Uh, the only problem we have is that we only have so many in stock because of a paper shortage here. So, if you're interested, get over to the Gamblers Book Club on sale at newsstands around the country, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, or you can order it online at PlaybookSports.com. And, of course, we're not that far away from the NFL exhibition season starting. I mean, when, when do you say, and I, and I kind of do it when training camps open, I kind of say, okay, rookies are in, you know, July 18th, Las Vegas Raiders opened. Uh, that's the start of football season for me. But when does it start for you? I mean, does it kick off at the Hall of Fame game or does it start with camp? Well, it sort of kicks off right after that Hall of Fame game because then it's game on. From that point forward, we got a full you know, weekly schedule of National Football League games on tap in the preseason. So as soon as that Hall of Fame game is over, it's a roll up the sleeves and let's get ready for the National Football League. And here's the other nice thing. I read somewhere today, 50 days from today yes. will be the first regular season NFL game. How about that? That's pretty nice. I, all of a sudden, when I see the ball in the air uh, and it kicks off at Canton, all of a sudden it feels just a little bit cooler out. Yes, I, I, I don't know what it just psychologically it feels a little bit cooler mark we we love having you on uh we appreciate your time and, and thank you so much for all your efforts uh with the playbook sports.com uh, newsletter and of course the playbook sports magazine my pleasure as always dana we look forward to doing it again next week and we'll we'll start it off next we'll go kick off another conference we'll go to the mid-american conference okay that does it for sportsbook radio time to let the zamboni out resurface the ice a little bit when we come back we'll fire up vegas hockey hotline we'll continue our look around the league uh, with winnipeg jets tv reporter mitchell clinton